Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, quick trigger warning for this episode. We do briefly talk about sexual assault, sexual harassment. You will see that. I think it's like a little bit over an hour into the episode. So I just wanted to give a trigger about that. Uh, We do get into a really great discussion here, though. We also talk about certain words that you might not realize are slurs and other good topics. So I think it's a really good and interesting discussion. It went to places that we were not planning But I think it's a really great conversation, and I uh, hope everybody enjoys it. Thank you so much. Hello, and welcome to this special episode of It's a Fandom Thing. I'm very excited because we have an interview. We haven't had an interview in so long, and as people know, I love doing interviews. So I'm very excited to have Tara Jabari with me today. Who She also has her own podcast, which we'll put that information up here shortly. And I'm going to have her introduce herself in just a second here. Um, But just a quick little housekeeping note I just want to put out there is, once again, we are taking listener support. If you want to subscribe to the show for just $2.99 a month, head on over to our Anchor page or click the links in any of our show notes and it'll take you there or go to our Facebook page, go to our link tree. You'll see it there. And we just recently released an episode discussing freaks and geeks that is only available to subscribers. And it was a lot of fun because it was the first time I had ever watched that show, which is surprising because it's a show that's like tailor made for me. If you subscribe, you will be able to watch that show. I mean, listen to that episode, excuse me, where we geek out about that. You discover whether or not I'm a freak or a geek and whether or not our panelists are as well. Okay, so Tara, if you want to give us just a brief introduction and a little bit of your background. My name is Tara Jabari. I am a digital media consultant. Um, I've helped mostly nonprofits and small businesses, uh, but I've played around with a few other things like production companies and stuff like that with their online presence. My original training was like uh, producing and editing films or short documentaries, but I graduated at college at around time where something called Twitter came about and no one knew what the hell was that. So they were like, figure it out. So we, I was, I'm a millennial. So we were like given the guinea pigs to figure it out. And it sort of turned into more than that. So I call it all sorts of digital content. It's not just video. There's images because Instagram is huge now, photography, graphics. And then uh, Twitter allowed it for a different kind of writing structure 
as well as copywriting. Um, and then podcasting. I was involved with some podcasting since 2015, helping people produce their podcasts. And then during lockdown, I decided, I always heard of the story of Lydia Zemanoff. She's the daughter of Dr. Zemanoff, who invented the language Esperanto. And she traveled through three continents, multiple countries between two world wars to teach Esperanto, which was rare as well as being a single woman. Um, and there were multiple attempts to save her life, but she did die in a concentration camp in Poland. Mm -hmm. And I was just very drawn to her story. I was like, this is a great movie. Multiple films have been made to make this film by me, never happened. So I said, why not make it into a podcast? So I did, it's called, Who Was She? And I enjoyed that process so much that I've started working on further seasons, including one on Hazel Scott. Uh, who is the first Black American ever to have had her own television show. She was a jazz and classical pianist. So then I was going to promote Who Was She as well as my freelance work. And through that, I got in touch with all these cool podcasters. And I thought, what else do I have in my sleeve? And my graduate it's not technically a thesis, but it was the same amount of credits. It's an independent study during graduate school where I studied parasocial relationships and I offered um, to update it for the digital age, which I'm sure we'll get into. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Because, And that's when you, you reached out to us after we did our toxic relationship, sometimes toxic relationship between fandom and celebrity. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, like we were saying before we started, I think I didn't even realize we were covering that subject. And that's what we were actually covering. And I had no idea. I was just like, I had just listened to the podcast about Jeremy Renner. And I'm like, oh, this will make I don't know what happened to Jeremy Renner. What was going on? You guys were talking about it, but you never really specified. I'm like, what did he do? Did he call Black Widow a slut again? He's Well, he's done that. He said some other things. He supposedly, I have to say supposedly for legality reasons, mm -hmm. um, his ex, who's the mother of his child, said he threatened to kill her, all this other stuff, too. Um, and I just think with, with Jeremy Renner, what happened with him is I think his ego got the best of him, and he was just so excited to be in the superhero world that he wasn't paying attention to <laughs> the art or to what he was saying or to who he was are over there i feel like yeah yeah i i mean yeah so he's cut he's just it's sad to me because i loved jeremy renner for so long <laughs> so i will say <laughs> when i was reading 50 shades of gray because of course i read it um, it was a girl who graduated college with a job right out of the bat. I was like, that's the real fantasy. <laughs> I did picture in my mind a couple of people, but Jeremy Renner was, I was like, I just feel like he would so play this and well. <laughs> so for me, it was sort of funny. I always think of that. Um, but yeah, things have changed. But yeah. 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 It's sad that that happened. And I think that can happen. And also our relationship with celebrity can change because of that. It can. So, yeah. So I want to get into that because, um, and I know you said it wasn't technically a thesis, but your thesis in grad school did cover this parasocial yes. relationships. And what was it about that, that intrigued you? What attracted you to that? My dad jokes, he, he was like, so you're basically writing your autobiography. Like, <laughs> Um, so first, so 
so I was studying communications, culture, and technology at Georgetown University, and I concentrated mostly on how our communication personally, professionally has changed in the digital age. Like now is the first time that we can be contacted by our bosses in the middle of the night. Because if something pops up your mind, you're like, oh, I need to email them something. And then you can do it right away. I mean, our phones are never too far away from us. Um, So I was sort of studying that. And there's a bunch of communication theories and terms like uses and gratification and all sorts of stuff, presence theory. But this came up, parasocial relationships or parasocial interactions, Mm -hmm. kind of interchangeable. Uh, And it started in 1956 by these, I believe they're sociologists, they're doctors, um, Donald Horton and Richard Wool. And it was because they sort of In 1956, that's when television started coming into people's living rooms, right? Before it was really just radio, or you had to go in person to watch a concert or to watch a play or something like that, um, or the movie theater. Now you had it in your living rooms, and you usually had like a nightly news person. Um, I Love Lucy was a huge show, uh, now on Hulu. Um, but, but it was, it, and there was reports that like crime actually went down when I Love Lucy was on because everyone was home watching it. There was really like, two programs, three programs on TV um, and stuff. So it, it's an interesting fact that I learned. But what else happened? You started developing these, it's sort of like a personal relationship with the media. So if a news anchor was sick, and they had a substitute. People have been watching this news anchor with their families eating dinner in front of the TV every night for weeks on end, and he's gone, right? Uh, usually it was a male. Uh, so they were like, well, what's this? Where's Joe Snow? Smith, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they'll call the studio. They're like, what happened? And they're like, Joe has a little bit of a cold, so we have, you know, Jack Smithson <laughs> coming up so people would actually start sending soup to the studio because they didn't know where joe lived they just they also you know like he's in my prayers all sorts of stuff right so horton and wool were sort of like now this is starting to get weird because the studio the anchor the media like lucille ball doesn't know you individually she knows you as a statistics and she knows that yeah. people are watching but she doesn't know aaron or tara right Mm-hmm. Right. So it's para, meaning one sided, parasocial relationships. And there have been a little bit of updates, but I don't think it's really been updated since the 80s. So when I was reading it, I was like, there's no mention of. So basically, they say it's no longer parasocial if you reach out to the media. Because now you've made your individual self known. But here's the thing. Now there's the Internet. Right. So if we can tweet, if we can comment, mm-hmm. if we like something that they've done online, does that mean that we've just made our individual existence? No, I'm trying to win bingo. So let's say George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, hi, Bailey. Hi, Bailey. Ba- Sorry, I'm just 
briefly saying hi to her so she, she knows she can still play bingo. Okay. <laughs> She's one of our biggest fans. <laughs> so, so let's say George Clooney. I don't know. Does he have social media? I don't think he does. No, I don't think he does. I think he's one of those that like avoids it. <laughs> smart. For the sake of argument or someone from Queer as Folk or Eurovision. <laughs> that was awesome. We even got the Eurovision in. That's usually Carla's thing. So that was pretty awesome. Will Ferrell or whoever directed Eurovision or whatever. Um, I don't know if Queer's Folk is coming back. I can't remember which ones are coming back or not. But yeah, it's a re it's a reimagining of it. I wish it would come back with the that's my all time favorite show. Okay. I wish it would come back with the original so cast. But so let's say use this example. <laughs> I'm sure somebody from Queer's Folk, whether it's the writer, usually it's the actors, the on screen mm -hmm. presence that, that we kind of associate with them, with some of the actors, and you tweet to them and say, I wish this was not a reimagining of it. I wish it was with you guys, you know, 10 years later, 20 years later, since the show ended, I, you know, you guys were so great, right? Under Horton and Wool's definition, that would be considered no longer parasocial because now they know Aaron watched it, loved it, which is, wishes we were back on it. I argue it's still parasocial because out of the many different followers they might have or engagements they might have, it's still kind of like a number, sort of like how the numbers of the stats for the television, for the anchors and I Love Lucy, unless they reply, right? Who's an actor from Queer as Folk? Do they work on HBO Max, perhaps? <laughs> yes, bingo, I got it. You already got bingo? Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm going to work for it. Uh, maybe perhaps they work on something on HBO. Anyway, who's, who's somebody from Queer as Folk? Um, Gail Harold. I, Gail Harold. Gail Harold, yeah. Um, it's his birthday today, too. Happy birthday, Gail. Um, so if you're like, girl, I, I loved you on Queer as Folk. I wish you would be coming on in this reimagining of the and he liked it or said, that's really sweet, Aaron. I loved working on that show. Thank you. And then Aaron collapses. and <laughs> Exactly. So that's where I was like, so that's no longer parasocial. Now, here's mm -hmm. the thing. If I had, I, I finished at a master's. I don't think I want to necessarily get into a PhD. But I always toy around that if I ever really wanted to, I'd, I really would like to concentrate on two, between two elements. One is with parasocial relationships still. And one is, okay, it's no longer parasocial, but we are connecting like never before. Mm -hmm. How did we get connected? I, I think I tweeted at you. You did. That's how you, yeah, that was the now, first connection. Which you would you me. say that this is a business relationship, acquaintance, friendship? Like there's nothing really that says like something that was connected solely on the internet, we don't really know what it's considered, right? There's not really a term. It's not really acquaintance. It's not really a work or friendship. It's something all purely made. Like I got in touch with um, Shannon from the Game of Nerds and we hit it off really well, but I'm on the other side of the country, sometimes the world, 
but I, I, I do like, I sent her an email. I'd be like, oh my gosh, did you see the trailer for this new thing? This new Marvel uh, movie. Uh, <laughs> She's just going to keep naming them. So Bailey, you can get a bingo too. And the, cat, <laughs> and the cats are sleeping. So here's the thing about parasocial relationships. Musicians and athletes are a whole other ballpark. I didn't touch it because it's just mm. crazy. I feel like, honestly, like, truly, like, Marvel, especially Marvel, Disney, DC, I already got bingo, so I don't care. Uh, but that <laughs> is a whole other, it's almost similar and supernatural. I haven't even touched the surface of supernatural. And what I like about the show is that they do reference the fandom in the show. Like, they're like, why is there gay porn fantasies about Dean and Sam were brothers as characters. Mm -hmm. And it's a clearly a commentary of like Jared and Jensen basically are brothers for each other. Like stop fantasizing about us kind of thing. Um, but you know, Misha and Jensen are is fair game apparently. Well, and it's interesting with Supernatural, too, and I know this is kind of going off of the questions here, but that just made me think, you know, recently um, there was a big, big rush up in the Supernatural fandom because there was an announcement that there's going to be a new show and Jensen's producing it. Yeah, and supposedly he didn't. And Jared did. Jared has this thing, and I've already gone off on my feelings on this because I'm totally not on Jared's side on this at all. Oh, but okay. he he has a thing of using his fans. He's done it before, and he'll go to social media. He's complained about like, you know, like putting like um, like people on blast that don't cater to his needs, like hotel workers. And like airline stewardesses, I think once too, and he'll like dox them on social media and he puts their picture up and he goes off on them sure. or something they might've done, like something like they might not have given him the customer service he wanted. They might not have known who he was. Um, he was in a barroom brawl, not like a couple of years oh, ago. Too, and, and so he'll go on there and he'll do that and he'll plaster the name. And he knows, he knows this just because he's done it before that his fans are, so rabid fans, you know, they just will defend him. They will, they have gone after those people where they ended up shutting down their social media, where they felt physically threatened, um, you know, cause they would be threatening these people. And then he'll come back on and say, Oh no, 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 no. Please be nice. I didn't mean for you Do to you go think after he's them. doing that on purpose. Oh yeah, totally. I think he's completely doing it on purpose. That's, I mean, that's my, so I just think that's an interesting, because I'm sure that's, because I don't know, would you consider that part of parasocial relationships because, question. or not? Yeah, because that just popped into my head when the, we yeah, like that, because what I was thinking, and again, it goes into the music realm, the, the Swifties with, oh yeah, uh, multiple times, but I think the last year, uh, that show from Netflix is this part of that, dang, no. Oh, oh, I already got Netflix. Um, <laughs> but music Ginny mentioned. Georgia, Ginny and Georgia, they make a comment like oh, mm -hmm. something like you're a slut like Taylor Swift. I don't know. I'm not saying that. That's what the show said, something like that. And they went mental. The certain fans got really, really upset. Mm -hmm. And would, what's interesting about that is that they would go to the actor. Ha, do you hear the cat? Yes, I do. Yes. <laughs> there you go. So 
they actually go to the actor. And the poor actor is like, I just said the line. I didn't, I didn't write it. I'm, I didn't direct it. I didn't, you know, I'm just an actor saying mm-hmm. the words, which is often why I use the example for queers folk, like what's an actor? Because we usually think of them on screen. It, it, again, one of the reasons why parasocial started in 1956 is because two senses were being used on a regular basis. Uh, no longer just your ears for audio, like yeah. talk radio. Now you've got your visual, right? Mm. So two senses. Um, and music, to be fair, is a very intimate thing. Right. I, there are certain songs that you will listen to when you're super happy and you want to dance. There's certain, certain songs you would listen to just purely just cry your eyes out and stuff. So it is very intimate, but when the fans get involved, they sort of attack too much. And you also don't know the whole story. I did one uh, for the game of nerds, a blog post of a good example. Cause uh, Demi Lovato mm-hmm. and I believe, they go by they pronoun. I could be mistaken, but I'm not sure. So just in case, Demi. Uh, Demi had that drug overdose. And in this YouTube documentary series that I watched, um, Dancing with the Devil, a, a friend of Demi's who was there the night that Demi had overdosed was attacked she lost do- jobs. She's a dancer and a choreographer. She lost jobs. She was blamed. Like, how could you let Demi take drugs and all that stuff? Now, this documentary gave the chance about a year or so later that the friend didn't have any idea. A drug addict has a tendency to be really good at lying and, and stuff. And Demi is no different, as they say. Mm-hmm. Demi says it. Demi's parents say it, all sorts of stuff. So the friend had no idea. And she was this innocent bystander and a victim of the of the damage that Demi put on herself, excuse me, on themselves and others. Now you can hear it from their story, both sides. Demi's story of, I just wanted the drugs. This is what I was going to do. This is how I did it. No one else knew I was on drugs. And from the choreographer side, and she's like, I, she was drinking, Demi was drinking sparkling water. I had no idea anything was wrong. Something was off, but I was tired. Demi said to go home or something, you know, like you hear it from these perspectives. What would you do at that situation? Right. I don't know the situation for Jared, but if, if a hotel manager wasn't very nice to them or somebody there, everyone has a bad day, Right. So you can't always be in a good mood, right? And that's the problem with these this social media is like you always feel like you're on call. Do you know the the game, uh, the account de moi? No, so, I don't. So it's French for to me, means nothing. But it's it's really blown up. But I've been following it for a few months and it really blew up. And it's basically anonymous tips, not tips, but anonymous tips. Um, people talking about interactions with people in the media, people from Real Housewives. I don't think Supernatural came up, but like actors, singers, athletes, all that stuff. They're like, you know, I saw Jared Padalecki and he was really sad in mm-hmm. Subway and stuff like, you know, all that stuff. Or there was one on my love, Ben Affleck, and it made me really happy to hear about it. 
Um, which I remember it was circa 2003 when he was with Jennifer Lopez and he was back with Jennifer. I know, I know. (laughs) And I, I wish he could make it work with Gardner, but he screwed that up real bad, Benjamin. Um, but you know, I get it. I like Lopez. I like her work ethic. Um, I'm glad that they have their kids and all that stuff and hopefully it'll work out until I'm around. So anyway, but it, it was like this story. And why do I remember it? Because I was in love with Ben Affleck. And I'm going to get back to your question. Don't worry. I, I didn't forget it. But <laughs> he was, they were saying, my mom, this is an anonymous person who tells Demois, who shares it, um, and says, you know, in 2003, 2004, he was really down on himself. Loner, you know, the paparazzi were everywhere. He's in his hotel room in, I think, Boston. Mm-hmm. And my mom was a maid at the hotel and she came to clean his room. He's like, it's fine. Come in here. And they start to chat because he's from Boston, same area kind of thing. He didn't grow up with the glitz and the glam and all that stuff. So he liked having this real person, you know, like yeah. somebody from his childhood kind of neighborhood area. And they start talking and and somehow she's like, my mom brought up that, you know, money troubles and all that stuff just as a conversation. And so he went and he took, I think her phone or her cameras, maybe there was a way to take a photo and he made himself throw up or something and took the picture. And he says, if you give this to the paparazzi, you could make easily like $3,000 and that'll help you with your debts. Are you serious? Yes. Do you see why I love that? Okay. That kind of changes some, some, Oh, wow. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. And she said, (laughs) you're very kind. I'm not going to. And she never did. But he was like, I like you. And this is how I can help you kind of thing. Um, and, and I would say, like, some people might argue, like, why didn't he just offer to pay her that? But maybe she would. She's not going to use the paparazzi photo. She's probably going to not take his money either. Right. So it was a really I was like, I love that. I love that. Now it's become more like. You know, I saw Taylor Swift and she's so nice. But then I saw Justin Bieber and he is such an ass. You know, all sorts of stuff. You don't know what the day is like. And it's weird because a lot of waiters will come on and they said, you know, the person, the celebrity or whatever, will always ask, what's your name? And tip really well and all that stuff. So I have found myself, somebody who's not famous at all. Well, now I'm on the it's a phantom. <laughs> yeah, now you're yeah. going to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I have found myself and be like, and what's your name? Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. And then I'm, I was like, cause you don't know. I was like, Oh my God. Cause you want to make a good impression, but it's also, yeah. anyway. So back to your thing is like, okay. So see, this is why I'm not going for my PhD. Cause this is complicated. Um, <laughs> I did present at a comic, uh, DC awesome con about this the year that I did my independent study mm-hmm. and they had a good question like if you reached out to like somebody in the media how do you know if it's from them or somebody on their team would you still consider no longer parasocial like was it huh, Ben's assistant Jared's assistant or something like that I was like that's a good point because it's not technically from Jared Taylor so whatever uh, I don't know necessarily, but I would kind of say no, unless he went 
for the sake of argument, you went specifically and went, you know, to this hotel at hotel guy, you're mean to Jared and you should get fired. And then Jared comments directly underneath that and said, Aaron, I'm sorry. You're like, I was just in a pissy mood. Don't take it out on this guy. I'm sure, you know, it's, let's move on with our lives. If he did an overall tweet like, fans, I love you, but we're taking it too far, I would say no, because it's still a general kind of thing. Yeah, it, yeah that's interesting because, you know, and Bailey was saying, well, we talk about that. There, there was this show, and this is to the extreme, but there was this show. I don't know if you ever watched the show, The Following, with Kevin Bacon. It was this yes. show that used oh, to be so I freaky. I, was, about I stopped that, watching. Yeah, the guy that would... <laughs> you know, where he would convince his followers to kill people and yeah. do stuff. Yeah. That show is freaky. And, and Bailey said, it kind of reminds her of that. I mean, that's an extreme level, but I think that that can be true. Even if the celebrity isn't doing that, even if they're not doing that on purpose, like yeah. with the Taylor Swift example, she didn't, at least that I know of, she didn't come out and say, I'm really mad about this. Go after them. She didn't do that. But she just because said, the you fans know, I were. Wish she didn't make such a sexist joke because yeah. you don't mm-hmm. say that about John Mayer or something like that. Somebody who's dated a lot yeah. of people, um, which is freedom of speech, right? You can do whatever you want with that. Um, and I do sympathize because it's it, they they do have a following, usually a very young, impressionable following. Not always, but impressionable being a key word. It's tiring to think, like, if I don't say something about Netflix making this joke about a female singer, Mm -hmm. then it doesn't put light on this issue or, you know. But if I do, I might, will people take it too far? You know, it's not a fair, I think we're now in a very extreme level. We're still in the baby stages, crawling stages of what the internet can bring when it's been open to everyone and everything yeah so um but relationships have been formed um what was it like Nicki Minaj was like if you can prove to me I will pay off your student debt that was happened a few years ago how she can reach out to fans and then they can prove that they're going to school and -hmm. she would pay their student debt that's nice (laughs) um But at the same time, you have these like sort of like an army, like go after Netflix for being mean kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. and and the kind of control and and power that you can have, like it's exciting. I'm I'm excited. Thanks, Bailey, for chipping in. I'm not really. (laughs) I'm like, thank you for letting me know that I'm guessing Demi does use they them pronouns. Yes. and, and and stuff like that, but it, it's exciting. We have this kind of interaction. What is that, you know? And and that's the other. The other thing that I was really interested in, and I've sort of interviewed influencers or people who are not in the traditional sense of media, mm-hmm. but I've spoken to a couple of really popular Twitter handler handlers, um, tourists. Uh, uh, photographers, um, bakers, because like baking is huge on social media. It's very soothing and relaxing. Um, so I like talk to them. They have millions of followers, 
And I talked to them. I was like, okay, so would you say your followers are your fans? And they're like, no, but they sort of are, aren't they? And I'm like, yeah. So like, what is this? Because this is a new form. YouTubers, um, lifestyle, not gurus, but you know, like it's this new kind of realm that we're still figuring out how do you, like, when are you turned off? Right. Mm -hmm. Is it so when I talked to the baker recently, actually, I knew she was married. I knew the recipe to her wedding cake. I saw her wedding pictures. I didn't know her husband's last name, but I think I could have dug it up pretty fast. And she's like, right. And I'm like, is that weird to you? Because it's weird to me that I know all these details. <laughs> yeah. And she goes, no. But, and I was like, at the same time, what I like, it's sort of, we don't know everything, right? She, for instance, like going to an extreme, she was talking about how she moved. She lived in New York City. She moved to Seattle to be closer to her family because in her post, she's like, we're moving. So you're going to see a new kitchen and all that stuff. And we'd like to have start our own family in the near future. Right now. I don't know her well enough to be like, Hey, how's that going? How, you know, yeah, <laughs> like it's way out of base, but do you get responses like that? Some people might not I'm be sure. able to, and that's the other realm is there are times where fans or people who felt like this real relationship, that it's like a best friend. It's like a sister or a brother and be like, how's baby making? <laughs> right. Like some people mm-hmm. don't have the, the most popular example of what I would say is parasocial um, that has gone wrong is the man who tried to assassinate Ron, uh, Reagan, the president for Jodie Foster, because he mm-hmm. watched Taxi Driver like 30 times in the theater. This is in the yeah. 80s now. Um, he is still in a mental institution. And actually at, at Awesome Con, uh, one of a woman who's a nurse, she said, I used to work at the psychiatric ward that he is still at. Hmm. And I was actually looking into it. This is 2017. And his parents were making a case to get him out of the hospital uh, and be under his their care. Um, and the the hospital and the judge denied it because they said, well, you're older than your son. So when you die... Who's going to take care of him again? He's needing constant care. That's um, true. Jody never talks about it. Mm-hmm. She never needs to. She never met the guy. He says he did it for her, but she's not a child prostitute, right? She was at Yale at the time, right? Um, and like, if this happened now, I feel like there would be a lot of pressure for Jody to address it. Mm-hmm. But it's been long enough that people. There's other report. Um, all these stalkers, you know, the Kardashians have stalkers, particularly Kendall Jenner, and that's been of discussion on the show, how they will find their part, their homes and like break in and stuff like that. So there are, that's the extreme. And that's where I was like, I don't know if I need to get a psychology degree too, because that's a little bit too much out of my realm. But I am interested in these relationships that we can form. Like, if I tweet to Ben Affleck, I wanted to marry you. <laughs> and <then> still around. 
<laughs> might not be Jennifer Lopez, but uh, I think Gardner. Wink, like. wink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Bling ring. Yes. That is oh, that yeah, the that where, right. that's where like they broke into, and that's yes. the other thing about social media. Now you knew where this was even before social media, but now you know mm -hmm. where a person is. One thing that I talk to a lot of influencers, particularly female influencers, they're like, now every time I go somewhere and I need to promote it, unless it's like a convention or something, but they go to a restaurant. If they go shopping, they do, they promote it at the end of the day or the next day because they have had people show up or there have been reports of more blur burglaries because people will just know if the family's not home. So that is something that's hmm. grown because of social media. Yeah. Cause the bling ring was, was, um, weren't they because i know there was a movie made out of that but right. wasn't it where they were they broke into somebody's house i can't remember the they would break into like paris hilton's house and that's Mr. right Wilson's that's right house. Mm -hmm. and it starred emma watson and emma mm -hmm. watson is a pretty interesting study of we watched her grow up i'm around the same age as emma watson and i remember <laughs> so there was a talk of she went to Brown University. Um, you know, in the bling ring, she's a little bit sexualized, you know, licking her lips and all that stuff. Um, but she had said, like, um, after she graduated from Brown University, she, they're like, what are you going to do? She's like, get drunk, something like that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and a couple of family friends who are older, you know, baby boomers, if you will, and they're like, I wish she didn't say that because alcoholism, you know, like alcohol abuse, it shouldn't be a reward. You know, it's like that. I was like, the woman graduated from that person. <laughs> they also don't drink. I don't drink, but I was like, you know, in safe conditions, you do what you want. Um, but there was that discussion of like, this poor woman can't win anything. Like you cannot mm -hmm. please everyone, right? Well, I think that's that's what the problem is with social media sometimes is we feel, especially now, now that you have more access to celebrities, because I think before I would hear people that were on TV said they were treated differently than people who were in movies because yes. people on TV shows were in their living rooms every night, mm -hmm. whereas film, it was a little bit different. It's a big, giant screen and and there was more of an effort so to get was, there too. Yeah, so there was more of an intimate relationship there, at least from the viewer's standpoint. But now with social media, it can be anybody, and you can have these interactions with them. And I know personally, you know, I've had people like stuff I've posted and, and you know, stuff like that, I, and it's been very exciting for me. I mean, um, you know, actually one of the actors from Queers Folk has liked a couple of tweets we did and it's like oh this is so exciting and so, so cool. i would say that's no longer parasocial oh that's good. okay <laughs> but it's not anything else is it no but i would never be like i'm friends with that person now yeah we're, we're like this <laughs> but there's a couple like kevin smith is one of my favorite filmmakers and introduced me to my husband well that's not a lie that's a lie actually i watched pearl harper and i thought he was really cute uh, so, um, it's not very good movie, is it? But you're 12. <laughs> um, but okay, Kevin Smith, this is a good example. It's the beginning of, I already got bing, bingo. <laughs> um, 
he was one of the first to really use the internet. Um, mm -hmm. And he has hired people who have started websites or community center uh, boards appreciating his work or dissecting his work that he just found really interesting. That has happened. That is all because of the internet, basically, mm -hmm. that connected the media to the fan and formed a professional relationship that turned into a friendship. I think one of them ended up working uh, or being on Kevin's comic book men show. Uh, so there is that potential or uh, the, the show girls on HBO. Some of the writers that they found was that they would just look at Twitter and see who they like, not necessarily tweeting at them, but just, so it's not necessarily parasocial relationship, but like that's, Internet is bringing people together as well as breaking people apart. There is that potential. Like, what if the queer as folk people were like, like this, this Aaron lady, she keeps tweeting at me. What else is she? And then they might have found your podcast. And they might have asked to be on your podcast. You like the potential and the possibilities are endless, but it's very, come very. Come on rare. the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come on. One come on. could only hope. <laughs> I'll okay. try to, if, if Gail Harold comes on here, I swear I will try to speak. Which one is Gail Harold? <laughs> he plays Brian Kinney. Sex on legs, Brian Kinney. He's just, he's absolutely gorgeous. So yeah, he's, he's, he's yummy. Yeah, it's just, it's an interesting phenomenon because it kind of takes away that, it takes away kind of the mythology sometimes too, where it's like, okay, these are these mythical creatures, these quote unquote celebrities. Yeah. And now they're in my world and I can say I know them, but we don't know them at all. And, oh. you know, uh, sometimes they're not even the ones handling their social media. So it could be somebody else who's posting for them, who's doing all that stuff. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's just really yeah. interesting one that gets, I mean, again, like Marvel fans can get real into it. Um, but one that was interesting was uh, Sebastian Stan, who mm -hmm. Winter Soldier, um, and many other things. Very talented. He had an assistant who, who uh, during comic book conventions and stuff like that, like fans would give her gifts as well as him gifts when they would go do that. And then somehow they found her tweets or something like that. And she had said Islamophobic tweets or comments. And it was really upsetting for people. I don't know the full details. I can't recall. But eventually Sebastian fired her and apologized. He, he didn't know. And now they are going after his current uh, girlfriend, who's an actress, who was on a show I watched. Um, and it, she dressed up as a geisha Mm -hmm. for fun, I guess. And and people say that's cultural misappropriation. Cultural appropriation. Is it cultural? Which it is. Yes, Which it is. <laughs> it is. Is it appropriation or misappropriation? What's appropriation? Well, mean? they usually say it's like appropriating the culture for your own use. Okay, so cultural appropriation. Mm -hmm. And it, it sort of, you're like, uh, it is should you not do it ever or should you just not put it on? I remember my friend who is of European descent was Cleopatra for Halloween one year. And they're like, that's cultural appropriation. And, and like, uh, she's like, you know, Cleopatra was from Macedonia, which is Europe. So kind of like, 
Well, in the instance of his girlfriend, yes, that that is appropriation. That is definitely appropriation. Yeah, she shouldn't have. So that's definitely, you know, and especially if you do, that's not your right to do that. So, mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of like you know, it's when people do blackface or when people do mm-hmm. that and try mm-hmm. to say that's, and that's totally appropriation. So, and yeah. I wonder, mm-hmm. and yeah, because there wasn't so. Here's one thing, because if you look at my social media, one of I, I love the holiday, the Day of the Dead. I'm not mm-hmm. Mexican or Latin for that matter, but I think it's a beautiful holiday because we don't talk about death as much as we I think we should in a positive light. So I went to an event and we got our faces made as skeleton, you know, that stuff. We had the headdress and all that stuff. And I just really appreciate, I was like, it's a beautiful holiday and I I love embracing it and I got to learn more about it and stuff like that. So is that cultural appropriation though? Because I, as not of Latin descent. It is, it is. But I'm appreciating it. And I don't, so like, should I take it down? Should I not? I like this conversation. You know, I I know from what I've heard and Mm -hmm. please correct me, viewers, if I'm wrong here, please correct me. Um, and hi, bedwetter we had. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I, I believe in that. And since it's, it's, it's not your culture and if you're using it as a way to like, like, that's why a lot of people ask, don't use that as Halloween decorations, um, because you're taking something that's very important to us and important to our culture mm. and appropriating it to your culture or to your celebration when it doesn't have to do with that. Um, and hopefully I'm, I'm explaining that correctly or accurately and please, yeah, like, like Bailey said, think about like minstrel shows. It's kind of, it feels like that to people. What's minstrel shows? You you know, um, minstrel shows are like, that used to be where white people would dress in blackface. Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah. And it would be like a way of making fun of, of, of black people and dressing and and doing like the, and doing a very, very, very harmful racist way that's yeah. what they were yeah. yeah yeah so i mean i would and i and it's all learning like i know um for a i didn't know this but like there are certain ter- terms that are derogatory towards like gypsies and mm-hmm. um and i didn't know a lot of that stuff and so it's a lot of learning and i think the big thing is learning taking it in and then not doing it again is the big thing or correcting yeah. people when they do it or calling out, calling it out when you see it, if you know about it and learning from it. Cause I know, you know, I've said on here before, I'm still trying to get better at, you know, not saying like you guys and not generalizing like that or um, right. not, you know, that, that kind of with, and being better with pronouns and stuff like that. And so I know that's, that's something that I have to grow too. Yeah, like Bailey said, I think being open to learning and teaching others is big. Yeah, so I think that's, and I think, so I can understand, I think it's very right. I think people are right to be upset about that because that is cultural appropriation. Um, And so I think that's, yeah, because I remember when that happened because I'm in a Facebook group. Oh, yes, it is itself a slur. Thank you. Thank you. See, I got corrected there. Sorry. Excuse me for using that slur because it is itself a slur. You're right. I was thinking of when people say you get, you know, something when something doesn't go your way and you feel like you've been cheated out of something. There's the Mm -hmm. other word for that that I didn't even realize that was considered a slang. 
Um, but thank you, Bedwetter or Behead, um, for correcting me on that. I'm not sure if this is Carla or Meg. I'm assuming it's Carla, but I'm not positive <laughs> uh, if it's Carla or Meg using the account right now. Um, but yes, it is. See, I'm see, there's just so many different things yeah. that even I'm learning. As long as you're open to learning and changing, I think and that's, I think that's the, big the big thing. thing is empathy levels of empathy have gone down. Here's something that I learned again and from my studies. I forgot her name. But it's a, she works at she teaches at MIT and um, she was called in again because of technology and the screen. Emojis and gifs or gifs have helped, but when it was really just text based, it was really hard to read the message. If it says okay, is it okay? Okay. Okay. You know, like we can't tell. It yeah. just says okay, right? And levels of empathy were going down in children and stuff. So this, uh, I really can't remember her name. This doctor was asked to come to a school in Boston area. And they were a bunch, you know, like 12, 13 years old. And they said, there's three girls. Two of the girls went to the third girl and said, we don't want to be your friend anymore for whatever reason. And, and the, all three girls were upset and they didn't understand why. The third girl was like, I don't know why I'm upset. I mean, I lost friends, but what? And then the two girls were like, we were being honest, mm -hmm. which is what we're taught to. Well, why do we feel bad? Because they did this in person and you have the, and this is where it gets a little harder with virtual. And, and I think it's only going to get a little worse until they, with uh, lockdowns and, and quarantining and uh, whatever, the pandemic, you can't really do eye to eye contact. You can sort of see a person's mm -hmm. um, body image or uh, positioning, body language, excuse me, body language. And that gives you a lot more or the tone of their voice. We've lost that when it's mostly all text-based. And mm -hmm. the kids are really texting each other or it was like instant messaging. Remember AOL? I was a kid when AOL came out and we, we had like five different screen names. Why? I don't know. Um, but it was, you know, like a fun thing would just like type and type and type, but you were, you were losing empathy and we're still losing empathy to yeah. understand like if a person gets mad at me for sort of celebrating the day of the dead i could be defensive that's but i would like to have a conversation a that's kind of what my training like do you think i should take it down let's have this conversation people are not really willing to do that they'd say you know why did you put that islamic uh islamophobic tweet out there. You're a horrible person. Why are you dressed like a geisha? You're a horrible person. Well, hold on. They might not have even realized it, right? Now we know and we apologize and we try not to use it. But at the time, we didn't know. Anyone could have just been like tweeting like Aaron's a bitch, you know, and all that stuff, right? And all that. Stuff. So that's the other level of social media um, and internet and text space that has taken away our uh, impulse control. Like it, it's feeding our impulse control without thinking all the way. Like Jared, calm down. Maybe the manager's wife is in the hospital. I don't know. 
uh, and making sure you got your warm brownies is not on the top of his list of priorities. You don't know. So, so, you know, don't go tweet that right away. Take a, take a relax, you know, relax, um, you know, keep it in drafts for a little while and also put yourself in their position. Like you don't, does this make sense? It, 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 it does. Um, but I will say, this is the thing though, is that I think in certain areas, <laughs> I think it's okay to, you know, I think this is where you go into the thing where people get worried that everyone's going to be canceled and people don't like cancel culture, which cancel culture isn't a thing. That's a myth that mm -hmm. doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially if you're white, that doesn't exist. Cancel culture is not a thing, especially if you're a white man, you're not going to get canceled. That's not going to happen to you. I mean, really legitimately, that's not going to happen. Could you, you might have that a little bit before, more? Cause right? I didn't, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, people get upset because people get called out on things they say that they feel they should just apologize for and everything will go back to normal and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't mean that, or I was young, even though I was in my thirties or I was in my twenties and I'm, you know, and people excuse I, that. And where I think the problem is, is there's no consequences. There's just saying something, but there's no consequences for your action. That's what it really is, is it's called consequences. So if you lose your job mm -hmm. because you did something racist, that's consequences of your racist actions. If you get called out for the fact that you are appropriating another culture, that's consequences for appropriating it. You know, if I get called out for, for saying what I said earlier, which was totally wrong and I shouldn't have mm -hmm. said it, but I, you know, and I know I'm still learning, but still I should have known that that's consequences for me saying that. Um, and you kind of have to take that and learn from it. And instead of getting defensive and yeah. being like, F you for calling me out on this, I'm just learning. And, and that's true. We are all learning. I'm not saying you can't say you're learning and you, you're growing, but I think there comes a point where you can't keep using that as an excuse. Yeah. And you have to be like, okay, I have to learn this stuff on my own and then grow where it's, it's, you know, it's like, it's also, there's the term of using free labor where people were teach you, um, you know, like I know a lot of black men and women, especially black women have been used. Their free labor has been used to teach white people about what's not good and what's, <laughs> what's racist and what's not okay to say yeah. and why this is that. And, you know, white people going, well, teach me, show me why this isn't instead of being like, there's an internet out there. You can find it out yourself. You can learn yourself or you can teach each other. Fellow white people can teach each other. And so there is that term of free labor where it's like, we've already given you so much free labor. We're not going to keep giving you free labor. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that's the thing is that I think, Sometimes we just kind of like to excuse stuff, especially in celebrities. We like to excuse stuff because yeah. we say they're a celebrity and we love this celebrity. And so we're just going to excuse what they say because they're a celebrity. And that's what happened with the Jared situation was mm -hmm. Jared is a rich, white, straight male. Mm -hmm. And he's not going to be hurt by this in the long run. He actually gets love, adulation, which is what he wants. He wants the attention. 
I mean, the only reason I say this is because he's done this time and time again. This is a pattern with him. He uses this because he wants this attention and he wants this love and he wants um, he wants all the attention himself. And it's like people feel bad for him and sorry for him. And I'm like, I, I don't really because you're using that privilege that you have as a white male. And you know that, you know that he knows what happens because this has happened before. He knows what the consequences are. He's not stupid. Right. So, yeah. So I think that's, that's where I'm going with that. Like, like Bailey said, because it's no longer, it's calling you out. And and people never get canceled anyway. (laughs) I I mean, I really don't think they do. I mean, you even look at people like Kevin Spacey, Mm -hmm. Kevin Spacey is still being able to make movies. You look at people like Joss Whedon and you look at people that like, I, I guarantee, I mean, I will be really shocked if in a few years, like, you know, there, I mean, yes, you've got um, Harvey Weinstein is now being quote unquote punished, but at the same time, <laughs> it took years and decades so it's not like i don't know and now people kind of look at him like he's this fragile old man oh yeah so yeah so like i mean and like bailey said um the onus should not be on the oppressed to teach yeah the oppressors the not oppress anymore I, I remember what i was gonna say the, the problem with cancel culture if there is such a thing is we're not learning we're just doing like okay i'm sorry do you know what you're sorry do you know why it's bad and that's where we need to have open dialogue to learn i'll we'll get into another tangent but should i share this part it has nothing to do with media (laughs) but it's a good example of not really learning from your mistakes Mm -hmm. it's a, a friend of mine she's um black and I say black because she knows she's not just African American and she prefers black. She's black. Uh, she's a lawyer and Oklahoma, Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma has been doing a thing where like, if you can work remotely, you can live in Tulsa for $10,000. Oh, I've heard about that. Right? Mm-hmm. So she qualified and she went and she came to visit her, because uh, I'm in New York City right now. And she came to visit to look at her apartment that she's for lease or for sublet. Letter. And uh, we had dinner and we had a really nice conversation to understand, to just to have these conversations. These are hard conversations to have, but important to have. And she said, you know, why go there? And there are people, and we all admitted we were never taught about the massacre until a hundred years ago. It's a hundred years. Um, not until I heard about something called Watchmen, uh, the TV show right? That came out a few years ago. I had no idea what, what were they talking about? Why weren't we taught that? Anyway, she says, but there is 102, 103 year olds who lived that and they're not getting anything. I was like, give my 10,000 to her and her, her descendants. Why are you, you're, you're only doing this as an attempt to sort of apologize, but you're still not addressing the real issue. Right. And and I think she went, one of them went to the Senate for, uh, or Congress to talk about this. But that's the thing is like, oh, I'm so sorry. I fired the assistant to do this. I get it. And it's not a simple solution or um, 
a simple conversation to have in a tweet, but we still don't have those conversations. And so that's, yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what I mean. It's like you, you have the two seconds of, or you'll have, you know, you'll have, you'll have people doing the black square for black lives matter or they'll Uh do that. And then like, Three weeks later, back Forget to normal. And actually, it's, it's like, I'm just going to show that I actually care, yeah. but I don't actually care. I'm doing it because I don't want people to call me out for not doing it. But what else are you doing? Are you just doing a black square? Are you just doing hashtag Black Lives Matter? Or are Share you resources. actually doing something? Are you trying mm-hmm. to learn something? Are you donating money if you can. And people um, used yeah. that algorithm. They screwed up the algorithm. Ku Klux Klan used the black square because they mm-hmm. knew that that's how they're going to get views. It wasn't a perfect system. And there's there's a whole other issue about the internet and there's no corporate regulations or government regulations on how we use the internet. Um, but there was another instance. Uh, I think it's the black and white photo of women you were tagged it started in turkey and no one knew where it began there was like a rumor that men started do you know about this one this happened last year so it's a portrait of you as a female in black and white that's all you had to put in then they kind of moved new york times did a thing first of all here's the other thing about feeling left out no one ever tagged me right so uh i was like Okay. Um, But, and one of the things is I teach social media etiquette for teens. That's how I kind of figured out how to pay bills when quarantine happened, like lockdown happened and no one wanted a freelancer. Um, But I was saying one of the problems with the the black box photo was there was no other information there and, and it screwed up the algorithm. The other side, the really bad parts were using it to get more attention on their side. It was a bad system. Best of intentions, horribly executed, though. The other one is this uh, black and white photo of it was only for women at the time. Um, And there was a New York Times. I was like, where did this come from? What is going on? Eventually, they were like, share a couple of books uh, that you recommend to understand women's empowerment or something that changed your life as a female. And eventually they circled it back to an account in Turkey um, because there was, I think she died. She was raped. She pressed charges against her rapist. They got off and she was killed maybe, or maybe either way, her rapist never went to prison um, because of just unfortunately. Um, And so her friends and her decided to, or just her friends, uh, decided, let's talk about female empowerment. Let's take a photo of ourselves in black and white and show ourselves, right? That was their way of, of getting their voices back. Then it spread. I mean, I got friends in New Zealand and Germany and everywhere. They were all doing it. All you saw was a black and white photo of your friend. And it was all women. Um, and eventually... They're like, okay, so then what's the point? (laughs) Like, we didn't know where it was coming from. So then they said, okay, so share a book or some resources, right? Um, If it was for Black Lives Matter, talk about where there might be petitions or places that you can donate money to or, you know, needed more information than that. 
-hmm. just a photo. Um, then there's the other element of not feeling included. I, and I would teach this to the kids. I was like, I don't women, I don't get tagged. What about transgendered women? Do they not get included? You know, like you you try and be as inclusive as you can, but it's not always going to be perfect. And, and recognizing that. And I was like, but then are you feeling the pressure to just tag whoever? Or you're like, oh, crap, I got tagged like 20 times. I guess I have to take a photo of myself. And one of the reasons why they thought it was a man who started it was because the black and white portrait mode can look very beautiful. I mean, look at the... That was what we had for the bombshells of the 1940s, Rita Hayworth and all that stuff. So it was sort of like, it's like basically pleasing to the eye. But what was the point of it? And there was this discussion. Yes. And I think that's the problem with social media is we just kind of say whatever. And also, like you said, it is very hard to read intent of some things. And I'm not, I'm talking about like when you say like, okay, you say, okay, in a tweet, mm -hmm. you say, Sorry. okay, in a text, sometimes you can think like someone's blowing you off or they're annoyed with you or they're pissed yeah. off at you yeah. when they're saying, okay, because you can't read the facial expressions. You can't hear their voice. You don't know what's going on. Same thing with email. I think it kind of started with email where it's like, you send a short email and you're like, wait, are they pissed at me or are they happy with what I did? Or, and then like me, I'm an overthinker. So I will be like, oh my gosh, they're so, they're so, they're so angry at me. They're so mad at me. Or I shouldn't have said this, or I'm so dumb for doing that. Or what they're really saying is they hate me or they never want to talk to me again. And this goes into my, goes on in my head like 24 seven. And I think, you know, I've always been that way. And then I think this kind of makes it worse where, I mean, and I think social media is a good tool. I think it's done amazing yeah. things. Um, but at the same time, it can lead to sometimes fractured relationships with people. I mean, I've met amazing people through social media. One of them, Carla, who's <laughs> of, of Bedwetter Behead, who is also the most frequent panelist on her. She has not been on a show in a couple of weeks now. And it's very weird for me. I have wanted to be on Bedwetter Behead. <laughs> I am, it is, I played it this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> my friend, she was really mean to me. She gave me three choices. I'm like, oh, I can't believe you gave me those choices. She's like, I don't know. <laughs> I did have a student who goes, do you think we're worse off or better off because of social media? And I said, that's an excellent question. And this leads to my second point. I was like, I'm, to me, it's like cars. When cars were first invented or started, you could get to work faster. You could get to the hospital faster but more deaths and accidents did happen, mm -hmm. right? Then they were like, okay, so now we need to put seatbelts as a suggestion. Then it became the law. Then it's like, don't drink and drive, don't text and drive. You know, we had to keep it up to make us safer because cars do help us, but it can be dangerous. I think internet and social media is like that. We're still riding it without any seatbelts and we're starting to progress to figuring out what that could be. That's my thought. Lee, yeah, I saw some questions mm -hmm. we never really got into. Yeah, this one um, from Bailey. Um, and so she's talking about being mutuals with several podcasts and feeling like these interactions are different from my interactions with the host's personal accounts. So how do you think that 
So I think what she's saying is like if she is like interacting with say she's interacting with my personal Twitter account because we've <laughs> had interactions on my personal Twitter account, Bailey and I, we've actually had like a private messages before. And then like she private messages me through the it's a fandom thing account. Yes. She thinks those interactions are kind of different. Do you think agree. that's parasocial or how do you think that's different? That's a good that that's a good example. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> it's Again, a hard one. It hasn't been updated because of the like, like if you went to queer as folk Twitter account versus the writers or the actors individually. I well, no, well, your example is a little hard because I'm guessing you or maybe one other person on your team is part of the it's a fandom thing account. I the only one that runs the Twitter, but the other Aaron who is also some as a panelist, she runs the Instagram and Facebook account mainly. I will go on there occasionally and I'll reply to things or people will message me on there and I'll reply to messages on there. There's one particular person that she also hosts a podcast and she's been on here before and we message through Instagram mainly because that's where she's mostly active. So I'll go on there. But 99% of the time, if you're on, just heads up to everyone, if you don't already know this, if you interact with us on Facebook or Instagram, especially Instagram, not so much Facebook, because there is somebody going back and watching our or listening, excuse me, to our old episodes and doing these long comments on them. It's so awesome. <laughs> so I'm going to have to give you a shout out here in this a little bit here because it's amazing. It's like they, they, they're watching and they like will come. But what about this? You should talk about this. What, you know, and yeah, I agree with this or I disagree with that or I agree with this person. And it's just pretty awesome. And so yeah. those replies are from me. I do look at those and I reply to them because I feel like I should as the host. But most of our Instagram posts are not created by me. They are created by Aaron and it's connected to Facebook. So all those go to Facebook. And I had her do that because Instagram confuses me to no end. I don't understand Instagram and our Instagram was not doing as well. And so, so I had her take over. She offered, she volunteered to take over. So yeah. So if you are interacting with me on there, it doesn't necessarily mean you won't be interacting with me, but just know that those are not you know, from me. I was, Like, Oh, and Bailey's explaining it. Sorry. A little bit more here. Um, like when, my Twitter replies to Bailey's tweets, live tweets. It's different than when I am talking to Aaron, to myself, mm -hmm. because the audience follows fandom thing. Oh, but Aaron's is personal to personal. I still say so it's parasocial. Okay. Wait, not technically not because she's replying. It's a fandom thing is replying. But this is why. I was just thinking about this. When I talked to the baker, I don't want to necessarily say their names just in case, but mm -hmm. uh, she has her own personal account. Yeah. How did I reach out to her? Through her business account. We do not mm -hmm. follow each other on her personal account. I don't know her personal account. She's made it private. Uh, she kind of changed it when she became a full-time content creator, influencer, baker, all that stuff. But I still was like, dude, I know you got married. I know you want to start a family. Like freaking out. But why do I know so many personal details? But it's it's only through a business account. So I do still think it is personal. Even if you go to like Queer as Folk or it's a fandom thing and be like, I loved this episode or that Tara girl's crazy uh, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, I would still say it's, 
it's kind of like a Paris, well, Paris social meaning if no one responds back. If they respond back, then mm -hmm. technically it's not. But what that relation, so like, have you ever met Bailey, you as Aaron? I've never personally met Bailey, no. I've she never comes on every live stream or most live streams. Most live streams, yes. She she comes on most live streams. She um she started watching this one because she's Bedwet or Behead's number one fan. I know I can say that because it's on her bio. Oh, is uh, it? <laughs> or something along those lines. Correct me if I'm wrong, Bailey, on the wording of it. And she does these live tweets, like like she's just saying she live tweeted an episode of Sort of Brilliant Pod yesterday. Okay. But she was also messaging one of the hosts, Rachel, at the okay. same time about something else. And it's different. So so it seems so it's more like it's and, I, and I get what she's saying. Like, it's like she's promoting the podcast in a way. I mean, she's responding to the podcast. That's about the podcast. So yeah. I wouldn't necessarily respond and go, thanks. So how's the weather where you are? Let's talk about our days right exactly. now. Exactly. Kind of you would, as Aaron might be like. Hey, how was that drive that you came? <laughs> yeah, kind of like don't text and drive. Kind of thing. But it's a fandom thing. Is like, thanks Bailey for participating. You know, we mm -hmm. loved having you. Yeah. So I do think it's it's a different kind of like I feel like it's this is another thing is how the internet brought you guys together, mm -hmm. and then how you interact as it's a fandom thing to a listener and Aaron to a listener who has sort of become a friend or an acquaintance or something like that. Right. Um, our, like yeah. our interaction, I came as a listener and I reached out to you. Mm -hmm. We, I had to sign an agreement. It was a very professional kind of thing. So, yeah. So I still think it's kind of that realm of where the internet has brought people together, but it's still kind of weird to, to kind of understand it. Like, would you be invited to their wedding or their baby shower? Probably not. If it's virtual, mm -hmm. maybe, uh, kind of thing. Cause you bonded over something. Yeah. Whereas that's why, like, I, I mean, people could find me. I've had a lot of weird men recently try and friend me on Facebook a lot. Like that has increased since I started this yeah. and I have not friended any of these people back because I don't know who they are. And that to me is even, even though Facebook has issues in and of itself, mm -hmm. that's more personal in the fact that I share a lot more personal stuff on there than even in my Twitter right. because my Twitter is public. But like, you know, Carla, I've known Carla for like seven years now We've only met physically once, but I feel Carla is one of my dearest and closest friends. Mm -hmm. And I, I share very personal stuff with Carla and I trust Carla a lot. Carla's opinion means the world to me. I consider her to be one of the best people I know. So for me, interacting with her is totally different. Like even interacting with my fandom thing account and her bed wet or behead account, like mm -hmm. when we interact together, I even think of that as more personal than like when I interact with some other podcasts that maybe yeah. I don't talk to as much. Um, like recently I've been reaching out to a lot of podcasts because of we're doing an upcoming horror trivia event. So I've been reaching out to podcasts to try and get them on as guests. And I'm available. <laughs> And 
for some. I listened to the bed wed behead, and I was like, "What the We're heck?" Episode? Which is uh, Michael Mike Michael Myers, mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger, Freddy Krueger, and what was the other? Jason Jason Voorhees. Voorhees. I was like, <laughs> "Oh, this is bizarre." Turn up the volume. <laughs> so <laughs> it was like. And I was telling my friend, and actually, I don't know if you guys would ever want to do this. My friend's like, oh, my God, they did real serial killers. I'm like, no, 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 fictional, fictional. They they won't do real people, right, Which is Carla? smart. I, I don't know if she's I still agree. watching, but Carla, you won't do real people, right? Because they have a thing about that. They don't want to do real people. Which I makes don't want sense. it on record, basically. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to do a real person. Like, you wouldn't do, like, the actual actors from a no. show. You do the I have a really good one on Leonardo DiCaprio characters. It's one of my favorites to play. Which which characters are okay, they? Okay, so I have play a quick one right now. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do this. One of my favorite bed would be head ones. Leonardo DiCaprio's versions of Jay Gatsby, Jack Dawson, Romeo. Who I know my answer, not just because I play this for years, but I knew it right away. <laughs> and it's fascinating. What people, what would you do? Gosh, I I would. You know, I would probably, even though I hate the story of Romeo and Juliet, I don't necessarily hate it because of Romeo. I would, and Romeo is kind of, isn't he, he's, isn't he underage in the place? So I feel kind of weird. Wait, <laughs> his version. I think he's 18 when he made Okay, well, we'll pretend he's not. <laughs> Everyone is of legal age. Because okay, I'm like, I'm not going to. Um, so I would wed Jack. I would Hell wed Jack. Yes. Yes, I would behead Gatsby, just because really? that I, don't, I I actually have not seen his version of that, so I guess I should I should say that up front. Okay. I think it's just because so many gifs or things I've seen from it bug me, so I just kind of even though I've used some of them, so I'm just kind of and then I guess that would or maybe no, you know what? Because it makes me uncomfortable. I'm gonna go ahead and behead Romeo, and then Thank I guess you. I'd sleep with. I'd, I'd bed Gatsby. So that's okay. your choices too then. And Bailey and Carla, you guys can answer this. Yes, please do. do both. Sorry. Excuse this me. This is both. why. Okay. I'm beheading Romeo. He is a whiny little child. You should have just stuck to school. Leave Juliet alone. There are people dying and you guys are all like, I miss you. Shut up. I just, I, I was like, whatever. I don't have time for this teenage drama crap. I know I just said that they're legal, but 18, they're still children. Um, so I was like, whatever. I don't care for this. Go away. Jack Dawson is the perfect man. He is the perfect man. Do you remember when he's it's in the gym? People are like, what gym? It's he's like, that fire inside you. I'm gonna cry. The fire inside you, Rose. It's gonna burn or something. I was like, oh my god, why can't a man say that to me? He doesn't want her to change. He's like Oh, I love him so much. <laughs> nobody, but I do not care. He's so cool. Oh, and I just watched it during lockdown. I was like, nope, I'm still, I'm still in love with you. Like Ben Affleck, I'd leave you for Jack Dawson. So, um, but this Jason, is, I have to say really quickly, I think this is the most we have ever talked about Ben Affleck and Leonardo DiCaprio on this podcast. You need to put it on the bingo card. <laughs> Okay, so okay, so Bailey said, oh, so no, but so they were kind of responding to oh, this. Oh, okay. So, okay, so Bailey said the same as me, 
but also thinks that Jack is young and we only saw a smart, small part of who he is. And yet oh, Jay is so devoted and has an excellent estate. Mm -hmm. So same, but flip Jack and Jay. So you'd marry Fair. Jay. Fair. And, then, and then Carla said, Gatsby is an automatic behead because she oh, hates the Damn. Okay. <laughs> it's honestly a triple guillotine because Jack Dawson should have fought for the goddamn door. <laughs> If you look at the film, he does try to get on the door, and then he's like, forget it. Yeah, I do blame him. He told her not to fall asleep, and then he falls asleep. You didn't even listen to your own advice, dude. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we're, we're, we're kind of stealing your thunder here, bedwetter behead. So, Carla, uh, I apologize. Okay. So, but, oh, I want to do another one really okay. quickly because you love Ben Affleck so much. Oh, don't do so this to me. <laughs> Is it his characters? Oh, yes, I'm not going to have you oh do my that. God, I, was like, so not do that. I was like, do not go there. <laughs> Which I don't know. I, I don't want to steal the thunder from. Okay, so these are the Ben Affleck ones. Nick Dunn from Gone Girl. I <laughs> 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 love Gillian Flynn. Let's see. Uh, what's his character? You know what? Chasing <laughs> Amy. Oh, yeah. And he's in all the other Kevin's. Oh, I can't remember what, what his, his character is in Chasing Holden? Amy. No. Yes. That's is it? Me. I think so. I think that's it. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just looking. Um, yep, yeah, it is. It's Holden McNeil yeah. or Chucky from Goodwill Hunting. Not Chucky the doll. <laughs> See, you know what? I'll kill Chucky. I never really I know he won an Oscar for that, and I know it's like really great. Well, he won yeah. for the screenplay. He didn't win. He ran for, the, for the screenplay and they did a great job and all that stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't he's very dirty in as Chucky. I was like, get it. <laughs> Shower a couple times, babe. Okay. It's um, uh, yeah, it's, it's no. I'm spoiled. I don't need to live in those conditions as a married woman or as a mistress. I'd be like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. He can die. Um, what was the other one? Holden. Holden. That's that's from a Chasing mess. Amy. Well, have you seen Jane Silent Bob's? latest film because they have an update on chasing amy actually haven't no so. um he do you want me to tell you no it's a spoiler actually, okay tell me. so i he okay so here's the is it present day holden or is it the, in the movie in the movie 98 you know yes in okay i don't want to deal with those insecurities i will screw him then um but i'd be like don't call me okay <laughs> You're gonna marry Nick Dunn, huh? I will because <laughs> I have read the book. I have love too. It. It's a great book. It's a great it's book. It's a great Everyone book. Read that book. <laughs> and she cray cray. And I'm an only child, and I was like, please do not represent us anymore. Okay, you're scary. You're a psycho. Um, he's not a perfect man. I love his sister. Oh my god, yes, I would so marry him just to have Margot as my <laughs> sister-in-law. <laughs> I know I gave you kind of difficult choices there because honestly, none of those characters are necessarily the greatest characters. That's okay. I still had fun with these characters. Yeah, I'm so like Margot. He cheated again, but don't worry. I'm not gonna like set him up for murder. You want to get brunch? <laughs> so that would be me. With I, I'm marrying him just for Margot. Well, Carla's beheading all of them again. <laughs> I knew she would. I do a Brad Pitt one too. We should do a George. Uh, Brad Pitt one is a, is a pretty good one. <laughs> We're 
we're just turning this into a bed wet behead. Sorry, you think it was fun. I'm the one who started it. So okay. no, you started it with the Leo thing, I think. But um, but Probably. no, that was that was a lot of knowing fun. me, it's my fault. <laughs> no, <laughs> I do want to do some I, I am gonna go on there. We're not gonna do this one now because I am going to some point I am holding Carla to this. And Meg, we are going to do a Christian effing bail one. Since Christian Bale is like the mascot of our podcast. Is it? So, yes, he has become the mascot. Is that problematic to you? Oh, he's got some issues, but, well, come on. Ben Affleck has some problems. I know. I'm fine with it. With those Ben Affleck characters that I gave, I would honestly probably marry the Chucky character. Really? Oh, yeah, because I think of all the characters, he's the only one that's kind of, I don't know. I think Nick Dunn, while... He didn't. Spoiler alert! over But even though he didn't, you know, do that, he still was pretty messed up. But I would probably, I would bed Nick Dunn though, because I there. because I think Holden is homophobic or is biphobic. So honestly, so, oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So I wouldn't want to have anything to do with him. So he could get be beheaded, but I wouldn't want to marry Nick because I would be. I just, I don't know, it would make me nervous and paranoid all the time. And I think Chucky is the most grounded, down-to-earth of all of them. He's a hard worker, that's for sure. And he <laughs> sacrifices, he wants his friend to live to his potential. I just, he's <laughs> And he smokes too much. Did you ever watch, this is one thing that I've been meaning to do for the Game of Nerds as a blog post about parasocial relationships and how it's not, but it, it's like everyone's sort of wet dream. The show Starstruck. It's a British show. It finally came here in HBO Max. And it's a woman who's actually from New Zealand who lives in London. And she has a drunken night and has a one night stand with a handsome gentleman. She wakes up at his place and she realizes he is the biggest movie star in the world right now. Right. It would be like you woke up and you just had a one night stand with. And I was like, <laughs> Um, I was gonna say somebody else, but I was like Chris Evans or something. No, 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 no. I do. I don't want to say Christian Bale. He's married. Okay. Something. I know what you're saying. That was you like get Chris the point. I wake up. Pine. Yes, Chris Pine. Pine. You wake up and you're like, oh my god, because she goes. She's at his place and he has like his movie posters and like meetings and stuff. And so the next of the show goes to. <laughs> Everyone is flipping out. They're like, you had sex with, you know, whatever his name is. And he really likes her and they have a connection. But he also is like, they're like, you can never date a normal person. What are you, crazy? And so he has the, you know, this is why there's all this PR nonsense. That's probably not nonsense. They probably are all PR setups. Um, But to keep that kind of bubble and and all that kind of parasocialness to it. Uh, at the same time, they do have a connection, but then everyone else is kind of weirded out. Like every time he comes over for whatever re- Oh, yeah, because he wanted to do a Kiwi accent and, and he asks her for his help or her for her help with his accent because he's British. She's Kiwi. She can help. And the roommate's like, oh, my God, it's you. Uh, was she like, you know, she like can't handle it. She's like, oh, my God, are you guys going to have sex in, his, in your bedroom? She's like, no, I'm helping him with his accent. So you kind of see, like, what if you got to 
be with Shits and Eccles or something like that, provided he's divorced, you know, all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> let's keep it kosher. Uh, and so, but then that it's like the realism of it, and it takes that kind of romance kind of out of it. Or something like, like Notting Hill, like Notting Hill. Notting Hill is a great example. He starts dating this the biggest star in the mm -hmm. world, and they can't have a normal. Yeah, they can't I mean, really get to know each other. Like either. she said, she's just a girl standing. standing in <laughs> Baker um, and the Beauty. I watched that show. I was like parasocial, uh, which is another kind of version of that. It's it's an interesting element of it. Of, there's those kinds of ideas too, but it's kind of funny. The Starstruck just came out. And it has, it's just, and then you see like the funny, probably real fan react, uh, reactions that they get. Like, he's like, dude, can I get a selfie with you? I loved you in the Avengers. And he's like, I, I wasn't in the Avengers. Like, yes, you were. <laughs> you so know that these actors get that all the time. They're like, I know your career better than you do. I'm like, no, I wasn't in the Avengers. <laughs> yep, People yep. have had those arguments. Do you ever watch Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23? Mm. My favorite. That was one of the best shows that sadly got canceled. Yes. And there is the Sexiest Man Alive episode. I cry laughing this during this episode. But so James Vanderbeek is in the show, was friends with the B from Apartment 23. To, and her roommate, June, you know, she buys the Sexiest Man Alive issue. Ben Affleck was Sexiest Man Alive. So around 2003. <laughs> Um, and um, he, so she's like, you know, why are you falling for this? Right. I fell in the trap because he was like the leading man in Pearl Harbor. And there's like Gregory Peck feels for him. However, I got to know him. I know he's really smart. His mother's a teacher. Casey's awesome. He would have loved me as a sister-in-law. Casey is not awesome. No, I'm sorry. Casey is so, not. Casey is a disgusting predator. I, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be okay. I'm going to have to cut that off. I'm sorry, but no. Okay. No, 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 no. Here's I'm the sorry. thing no. about no, no, no. <laughs> to cut it off, but <laughs> it is interesting. I remember when that case came out and I was heartbroken and no one, here's the other thing that really annoyed me is like no one paid attention until he got nominated for the Oscar. I like, I remember that case. Now they can't really talk about it because of the terms of the thing, but also who is their role model in the film industry? Harvey Weinstein. They were, you know, like Ben no and- No excuse though. Men and, what's his face, Casey, like used to like drop their pants and moon people and stuff. Like they didn't, I think that they unfortunately don't know where that line goes. And it, it, it was hard. I'm, and also, who's to say that they didn't change? That was very recently when he did that stuff, though, was when he that was, was 2011. Phoenix. That's recently, though. That's very recently. That's not like, and he's an adult. Nope. Sorry. I'm not going to. Uh -uh, uh -uh. Nope. Nope. Because no, cut I, this out. He's but... so horrible. No, I'm just saying I'm going to cut. I'm not going to. I, I can't because I know you're still supposed to say allegedly, but I just can't because that. No, I believe there's no it. excuse for it. And I don't care. And if thankfully role model with somebody who she could get him out before it really. I just, oh. there's no, no. And I don't, and I don't care how good of an actor he is. I don't, 
no, sorry, no, uh, because I used to think he was a good actor, and then that happened, and it's just like. Well, that's the other one yeah. that we have been. I just came up with my friend that we played Kilfuck Mary earlier. Sorry, I said the real name. Um, we got into like when um, it came up with Bill Cosby and how her teenage son didn't know. Something about the greatest television shows of all time are coming back, but the Cosby show is not, you can't find it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, where does the, how can you remove the artist from the art? Because that show did do a lot. It was really one of the very beginnings of seeing a black family where I think the wife is also a doctor. She's a lawyer. She's a lawyer. He's the doctor, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, had a beautiful home, you know, like wholesome American family just happened to be black because we're people too, right? And now it's no longer around. Um, and and she grew up and she's black and she grew up with that show. And she's like, it's really interesting because I wish I could kind of show my son that. But it's, they don't even allow you to see it uh, because of the work. That, and also I feel bad for everyone who's worked on that show really hard or anything with like any Harvey Weinstein film or if we're talking about KCF, like, like the, that film was really well done and everyone did such a great job. Lighting crew, editing, everyone, costume, everyone. And because of an asshole, now no one can appreciate all of everyone's hard work. That's where... Well, we've talked about that a lot on this podcast about Mm -hmm. how separating the the death of the author and separating the art from the artist and how can you, and we're going to talk about that later this year when we revisit Buffy, because we're going to talk a lot about Joss Whedon and how awful he is. And, Mm -hmm. but yet he created this show that is beloved and that women love and we love and talking about, and we love that show and I still love that show. And so I think, you know, I think where the big line gets drawn is if the person, if the creator is profiting and still profiting and starts still making stuff, then I think you shouldn't support that. I think Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, but, but it's hard because if you like something from a, like I've said on here before, one of my favorite movies is, um, is into the wild. It means a lot to me. Sean Penn is a very problematic person. Emil Hirsch was always has been, and no one talked about him and and Madonna. And Emil Hirsch tried to uh, literally physically attacked a woman in Sundance. Oh, I didn't know that. Guilty to it. He tried to strangle her, and so. uh, But I still have. But I still love that movie, and I still think Emil Hirsch was incredible in that movie but I think he's a horrible person. So it's like this, it's a very hard thing because it's like when you love something and you know, the top of the list should be the victims. The victims should be the top of who gets the care and the the love. But, but there is that line of like, how do I still enjoy this art when I know the person who was in it or the person who created it is a horrible, horrible person. Like, you know, I mean, that happened not too long ago with the whole, um, and I have a totally different viewpoint on this one, but with Bohemian Rhapsody, um, which I, I don't think that's a good movie anyway, mm-hmm. but 
when that was getting all that awards attention and the director is a predator, Brian Singer is a total predator. And, you know, granted the project went away after a while, but because that movie did so well, and even though he was quote unquote fired, which he was, but most of that movie already been made by the time. And it um, says his name. It doesn't say the other guy's name. Exactly. And by the time Dexter Fletcher got on there, the movie was pretty much almost already made. And so you have all these things coming out and you see this, movie getting awarded and just think from a victim standpoint that's got to be so hard because especially with the fact that nobody involved in it when they would be accepting these awards um i don't remember and correct me if i'm wrong i don't know if he did it later i know he spoke out about it on other things but like rami malik malik is winning all these awards and he doesn't come on there once and says i and doesn't say like and I know it's not, he didn't victimize him, but at the same time, it's hard because people are watching him win all these awards mm-hmm. for a movie that was directed by this predator and not acknowledging it to me is kind of problematic. And the fact that Brian Singer, he actually ended up, um, you know, getting this deal that ended up falling through because of how successful Bohemian right. Rhapsody was. And that's where the problem lies is there. that, you know, yeah. Um, so here's the thing that I always bring up. It to not necessarily play devil's advocate, but this is where it's like there is really hard to have a black and white answer. If it happened to a doctor, like if you needed the doctor or surgeon, and you find out that the surgeon does does something, he's made comments to his nurses or fellow doctors or even the male nurses or something like that, but he's the best at his job. Like where do and I was like, that's the thing is we also need to have them understand unfortunately teach them because apparently they didn't learn it when they were kids hey treat everyone with respect but you are the one who can fix this it's that's that's where i have i'm like there's no immediate solution in my eyes necessarily yeah does that make sense like it's an extreme example but i also was like there is you know well, and that's why I say there's no such thing as um, cancel culture because, mm. uh, because you know, a lot of these people will do repentance or do something and then they still get to have a career. They, you know, like white people can fail upwards and it's just, it's very evident and especially white men. And I just, am going to talk about a couple things that are in these comments. Here, but, okay. Um, oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 I wasn't. Um, Bailey just says, as someone who has experienced abuse in the workplace, I appreciate your support, Aaron. You're welcome. Taking that position shows support for the people who have experienced it without the press and remained silent. Um, well, you're welcome. I've, I've experienced, I've been very open about the fact that um, I experienced my own Me Too thing on a film set, mm-hmm. on a movie. I used to my lifelong dream was to be an actress and for years that and writing and screen, but acting was one of my number one Mm -hmm. things. And I was in film school and I actually was told I was really, really good. And I had an experience that made me not want to do that anymore and changed my opinion of, of the industry. So I understand. And that's why I try to approach it. 
Yeah, and, and 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 that made me that made me approach things a lot differently. That made me look at things differently from a different lens. Like I had never understood that feeling of not wanting to be seen, of people not wanting to see you as attractive or not wanting to see mm-hmm, you physically. Mm-hmm. And when that happened to me, the very first thing I wanted to do was to hide and I was like I want to you know, just become so hideous that no one will ever look at me. And I remember going home and throwing off the clothes I was wearing, putting on baggy sweatpants, ordering more food than I could eat because I just wanted to have this feeling of being invisible. And so I try to think of that because, and, and I'm not saying I'm perfect at it because there's stuff that I still watch, but it's just like, with the whole thing with Bohemian Rhapsody, I still feel guilt that I saw that movie. Um, because of the fact that that is after the fact of that coming out, like now, if, like, um, if Harvey Weinstein was to make a movie now, because Mm -hmm. he's produced some movies that are some of my favorite movies. And if he was to come out now though, and start making movies, I, if I were to go watch those to me, that would be bad and wrong. But watching the movies he produced before I knew all the stuff before it was out there, it doesn't feel as bad because he's not making them now if that if that makes sense and then that I just makes want to sense because i was go thinking to... going back to social media and how it could be used as a tool you could also for instance bohemian rhapsody be like i went to go see it because and i really appreciate rami's portrayal everyone's portrayal like giving credit to everyone but brian singer so that it's kind of in a public tune that you're like by the way i don't like brian singer i think it's he needs serious help and no one give him money until he, he gets to be in prison. He needs to be in prison he for the rest to, of his life. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, I mean, all that's like, that's another way because my feeling was like so many people work so hard and it's so hard to make a film that it's also taking away the, um, I guess, attention or the recognition for everyone else's who is a good person um, that, that did. I mean, I th- I liked the movie. I liked how they did the set and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and and that wasn't just Brian Singer. That was a lot of other people. Or Harvey Weinstein is the money. So what, you know. That's why I love Kevin Smith. You can't find dogma anywhere because mm-hmm. Harvey Weinstein has it. He owns that. And he's like, I think he's kept it so that uh, he can keep alliances for himself, but I will not fall for that crap. He deserves to be in prison. He shall be. Uh, and I'm sorry you guys can't watch Dogma. You, I think you can buy the DVD. I have the DVD, but you can't stream it anywhere because Javier Weinstein won't sell it. And that's just one of his many, many great films um, that he owns. But okay, so we're, we're yeah, getting to but, it. Well, yeah, and um, let's go back to a couple of these comments from um, Carla said one of the many, many reasons she stopped following American football is that there is no accountability when the players abuse, assault, mm-hmm. rape, et cetera, especially the big names. Um, and then also um, she talks about absolutely cancel culture is a myth. Um, a calling out has such little long lasting effect, especially when you're white, able-bodied cis man, you just end up in a penalty box for a bit, which is exactly true, which is and why. And that's why you're saying cancel culture is a myth because of, there is no There's no cancel culture. Because I didn't understand that. Yeah. Yeah. People aren't, people aren't actually canceled. They're just penalized for a little bit and then you go on to, it's like, 
then the next shiny thing or the next person yeah. to move on to. So it's like they're put in that penalty box and they get out. And And I'm not perfect about this either. I'm not saying that I'm perfect about it either. I just am trying to do better. And I think the big thing with the Bohemian Rhapsody thing, and I know I heard a lot of people say that, well, all these other people worked on it. The thing is, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but you're just going to have to deal with it that you know, because you were, because you worked with this person and it was already known at that time, people were already talking about this. This wasn't mm -hmm. like an unknown thing. Then I'm sorry, but that's the punishment for that. You're, you're just, you're not going to get see. awarded okay. for it. But I, th I mean, it is a very interesting thing to examine of, can you still enjoy the things when you know, these people are horrible. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know, you know, like for instance, with me, if there was, a, if something was to come out and say George Clooney, there was discovered that he was this horrible, awful person who did, you know, was like a, who sexually abused people or did something like that. Right. That would be devastating personally, just because I've been a fan of his since the facts yeah, of life. What I feel like, so that's <laughs> so that's that would be devastating. But at this, but I would have to be like, bye bye. I don't. I can't. I can't like you anymore because you're gross and I've had that happen to me and it would feel weird to be like, I'm going to keep supporting you. Um, that's what happened with Jeremy Renner for me was I was just, and I was like the biggest Jeremy Renner fan I knew. Mm -hmm. And so it was like going from this level of like, I will watch anything you do to the other way. So did you see yeah, promising I, young woman? Oh, I, oh my gosh. Have I seen Promising <laughs> Young Woman? <laughs> that, um, we did a whole episode on Promising Young Woman. Oh, it's our most popular that. episode. This Carla was on that one too. And, mm. and that, uh, yeah, that's, I, that movie was, I have to say, and I understand when people have issues with that movie. I totally do. I don't want to ruin the ending on this one. So no, and, and but, also. But I will with, say that was the most cathartic, one of the most cathartic viewing experiences for me. Because yeah. some of the conversations she had were exact conversations I had. So, yeah. And I think it's not spoiling anything. Uh, I had my mother watch it. I have everyone. I was like, you get it from a lawyer's perspective. You have it from the dean's perspective mm -hmm. and all sorts of things. And, uh, and it makes you question yourself. Like, who would you be in that situation? Mm -hmm. If that happened. Um, and, and it really makes you look at your own faults and our preconceived judgments. Like, for instance, for me, if I saw a girl, without going into spoilers, drunk in a club, I don't drink. I'm not comfortable around drunk people. My first instinct, protect myself. I'd be like, mm -hmm. no, what is anyone else watching her? Like, second thing is... I, I'm not going to put myself in danger. I'm just not. I'm not going to take her home. I don't know who this lady is. I don't know if she'll even be telling me the right address. I don't know how to deal with a drunk person. Second thing is, I will admit, I will go to a female person who works at the club. Be like, she is drunk. Will you please make sure she gets home okay? I don't know what else I can do. Right. That's my first instinct. I have not been put into this position, but it made you think, like, is there more that you can do? If I find out in the news that she was attacked, I wouldn't necessarily be like, well, she was drunk. What did she think? And I'm like, no, no, that's no excuse. Unfortunately, these things happen. And 
here's the other thing that I think is not really discussed. What happens with, okay, so you go to prison, you get caught um, and go to prison. What's the rehabilitation of that? What's the next step? Or how can we prevent it from happening? Like, what do we teach our children? This is going into another tangent. I apologize. Um, the uh, What's his face? The guy from the Supreme Court. Oh my God. Uh, Clarence Thomas? No. No, I, I thought you were talking about somebody who was bad. <laughs> no, the guy who got uh, the, the, oh, the most sorry. recent one. The oh, Oh, yeah, the one that was bad. Um, with, oh, my gosh, how am I forgetting his name? Too? Right? I just, it's always it's so no, horrible. But oh, the, my gosh, this is the, so horrible. The case where um, he is accused of raping a woman back in college or in high school. Uh, I I brought it up. Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. Thank, Thank you, you Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my God, it was going to bug me. Um, <laughs> I believe something happened to the woman, whether it's him or somebody else, because other men have come and said, actually, it wasn't him, it's us. There is no way for us to know completely, right? Here's what I wanted. This is what I brought up in some of my classes with older kids in like high school and college. I was like, <laughs> again, there's no corporate regulation. So in 20 years from now, 30 years from now, if somebody wants you to go to Supreme Court, they could subpoena Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, and try and find you guys at that party back in 2020, you know, all this stuff. maybe not 2020, but 2019 or 2018. Um, so there's that. That's why I kind of brought it up. And I'm like, and it brings the bigger issue. If you're a girl and you drink, you're a slut. If you're not, you're a prude. Uh, if you're a guy, you don't get what's yours. You're a pussy. You know all these, things. and it's in like we teach these kids this kind of thing. And I'm like, why? Why are we putting that much horrible uh, name calling and, and association to it? That is something we need to start talking about, so that not another child is attacked like this. In, in this specific situation, there's many other ways, unfortunately, with like incest and stuff like that. But like in this one where they get drunk and they go and they probably, whether it was him or somebody else, because I do think something happened to her. Oh, um, I think he did it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> but the I'm, idea of, why do you think that that's okay? Who told mm -hmm. you? And you're like, I, I wanted, I wanted that ass. I got that ass. Like that was their mentality. And then for her, just because she drank, she, you're saying that that was free game? Why? What is it? And we don't really talk about that. Like where, and I was like, this is where it opens that conversation. I hope. Yeah. Does that make sense? That is, because after you go to prison, there's, where is the rehabilitate? Like, where can we get this better so that no one is a victim and no one is um, an attacker again? And I still don't know if there's a solution to that. I and mean, we don't really talk about it that way. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think there is very, I mean, I know when the, when I, I will give an example for this, mm -hmm. and, this and, and, and women and see, it's not just men that have to be held accountable. It's women who women don't believe victims, women. Well, I'm talking about women who don't believe victims, don't for support sure. victims. That's in a promising young Want to. Yeah. And who, say well it was her fault she was asking for it. if she just hadn't got drunk if she just hadn't done this if she just hadn't been wearing that it wouldn't have happened 
And when the Brett Kavanaugh thing happened, I remember um, my grandma actually saying to my mom, and my grandma is this very liberal woman, and saying to my mom that she felt really bad for Brett Kavanaugh because this was back in high school. Why bring this up now? Why bring this up now? That happened so long ago. It doesn't matter now. That was a long time ago. And and that's a horrible reaction, frankly. And I, and I love my grandma, but that's a horrible reaction because, and that shows you a lot of where the mentality is. Mm-hmm. Or it probably wasn't that big a deal. Or it probably wasn't that, it didn't mean that much. I will tell you what happened to me. It wasn't full on rape, but I will tell, I will tell you that sticks with me. I found something not too long ago, my statement that I wrote to the school that didn't help at all. The school was totally on his side. And I will say reading that was good in a way for me because I do that to myself. I'm like, it wasn't that big a deal. Why, why does it still bother you? Why does it still affect you? Why do you still have these Mm -hmm. moments of going, Mm -hmm. well, I can never watch the movie that we were doing a scene from. I can never watch that movie. I can't even say the name of the movie because of the fact, and it was a movie I loved. And, but because of the fact that we were doing a scene from it, I can't do that. I can't hear certain things. I can't smell certain things. I can't stuff like that. And I'm like, Oh, I can't over it I do it to myself and then when I go back and read that and I try to read it as someone who is looking on the outside and it's not me and I go oh no 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 no! this was horrible this was something that happened over days over weeks it wasn't just this one tiny incident that I in my mind have broken it down to it was a history of of harassment starting Mm -hmm. from the get-go of this person first saying, I want to tell you the exact bra you're going to wear to push up your breasts. So the way that I want them to be pushed up and then take, and then wanted me to meet him in a hotel to go over a different script idea that he has for strippers and that kind of thing. So it's like little things that when you look back on them and you might not have seen them were there of, of grooming. Yeah. And so I think. And he was in a position of power. Yeah, and it goes, but and but it goes to the thing of, you know, I think what hurt me more in the long run, and this is why I try to be so adamant on believing every victim. I tried to before this, but I think this made me more. Mm-hmm. What was harder afterwards was I had this big when it, right after it happened, I had this huge support system. My acting teacher told me I was going to be changing everything because I was coming forward, and this is amazing, and you're gonna you're gonna do so much, and everybody was there. And within 24 hours, that slowly started changing. And then it kept changing. And then all my friends that were supposed to be there for me got sick and tired of me being upset about this and mm-hmm. abandoned me. And, yeah. and I had one friend say, well, you're just going to have to get thicker skin because this is just the way this business is. And you either get out of it or you get thicker skin because you're going to have this happen to you again and again, which is not okay. And so I think that was more harm, more hurtful personally to it me does. in a way than even what this man did to me and the people on that set did to me. It was even more harmful because, I mean, it was, it was hurtful when the only other woman on the set walked off during the, in, during the whole time this is happening and watching her leave. And I will never forget that. Cause I'm like, now I'm the only, now I'm the only woman here mm-hmm. and I'm alone. And there are all these men, <laughs> they're like, 10 other men. What am, how am I going to 
if I have to fight off 10 other men and you've left me in this situation and you don't, and she didn't even defend me. So it's very, so that to me was more painful. So then that's why I always say, you know, I know there have been the rare, rare, very rare instances of false accusations, but when you come forward about something, it is so incredibly painful and hard to do because of the fact that people don't believe you and people living it people want yeah and people want hard evidence and with things like this you're not going to always have hard evidence it's just not possible even in this day and age it's not possible it ruined my life for years it turned me into a totally different person and it still affects my life to this day Mm -hmm. it took away and i know i know if i wanted to i could go back to acting i could go back to i'm not saying i could be like a success at it or anything, but I know I could do that, but it took away a dream of mine and crushed mm-hmm. a dream of mine. And so coming forward made that dream really crush. And so I know that it's when you come forward, you're doing it because you want to, at least for me, I was doing it because I didn't want anyone else to get hurt worse than me. It wasn't because of me. It was because of other people and in the turn, I got victimized again and again and again mm-hmm. and again. And so that's why for me, it's like, I just can't be like, okay, this is, I just need hard evidence. Even if I think you're, you're my favorite actor, you know, that's why if someone was to come forward with George Clooney stuff, I'd be like, okay, hi, George Clooney. It was nice being your fan. You think talking about it and being vocal about experiences or hey don't comment if i look pretty or my ass looks tight or something like that even these side comments do you think these are a step forward to like what is helpful acknowledging that commenting on that being like you know this Mm -hmm. is not okay this is not um this is part of that's part of rape culture. It just is. It's, it's Mm -hmm. part of sexism. It's part of harassment. Um, You know, that's part of it. And also knowing whatever part we play in it. Um, You know, it's also the part that, you know, we're going to be talking about in our next episode. We're actually talking about something very adult, very, very adult. We're talking about women in our relationship with like eroticism and pornography and stuff like that. And And I think with feminism, the other thing that happens with feminism is a lot of feminists leave behind people who are sex workers because Mm -hmm. they don't respect them or they think that's not an act of feminism or we're not going to care for them. And you see it a lot. If your, your, your feminism should be all inclusive. And if it does not include that, then that is not real. Did you uh, read Jenna Jameson's How to Make Love Like a Porn Star. I haven't read it, no. That came out when I was in high school and I watched her eat true Hollywood story and I cried, so I bought the book because <laughs> I didn't know who she was. Um, but I still thought it was a really, really interesting because she said more women need to get involved behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I agree. And obviously the safety element of it, but also... There's a reason why it's like a guy thing because there's certain imagery that makes women feel more inclined to watch, right? So you actually could make more money if you worked with women, but they don't. And this is 
over 10 years ago, uh, her book. So it's kind of an interesting, and one of my favorite um, things to talk about of like, basically this is excellent porn, True Blood, the show, you know it. Oh yes, we're going to be talking about that later this year. (laughs) The season seven, I believe it's episode three, uh, when Ryan Quentin and Alexander Skarsgård have a kissing scene that leads to more. We don't see much, but do you know what I'm talking about? You know, I have I didn't see the final season of True Blood. Uh, you should so watch that. I, I'm going to have to watch it before we do. I have to watch it anyway before uh, to refresh because I haven't watched scene, True Blood in years. But these two men, very good looking, very good in shape. They could wear garbage bags and it'll look great. Um, but they have very nice clothes. They're neat. Uh, you know, all that stuff. Beautiful, like it's like a hotel suite. I'm not giving a much of a spoiler. Um, and I sh- and I was like, this is beautiful. Like I actually wish I was in that bed, just like eating popcorn. Honestly, like I don't even need to get involved. But it was women were in. Cl- and then I found out um, it was a female writer. Um, they, I don't think it was a female director, but it was a few more females to make that scene happen. And I showed it to a couple of my friends who didn't really watch it because you don't need to know too much. And I was like, and my friend goes, pause. And I was like, yes. And she's like, do you see that that, shan- that candle holder kind of chandelier thing in the back? I'm like, yeah. She's like, I have been looking everywhere for that. <laughs> I was like, this is what we're talking about. Women notice these things. Well, yeah, it's the it's because we talked we did an episode earlier this year. It's one of our most popular ones from this year about the male gaze in media. And that's why it's nice when you have the female gaze, because Mm -hmm. that's totally different. Like in my favorite show, Queer as Folk, honestly, what was so refreshing about Queer as Folk and why I think that show has so many female fans is because it's one of the first times where you see the male body being um, looked at the way a female body usually mm-hmm. will. I mean, in the very first episode, you have Gail Harold, but you have him shown completely as a sex object. Mm-hmm. And you have the camera pan of his body. You have him slowly pouring water over his body mm-hmm. and you watch it drip down his body. And that is something you would see with a woman time and time again. Yeah. And so to see it with a man and to see these very intimate, very sexual, very explicit scenes between men and have the camera going up their body the way you would with a woman was so refreshing and nice and, yes, very hot and very sexy. Um, but it was just so refreshing because you don't you're not being objectified as a woman. You're not watching a woman be objectified. You're watching a, someone appreciate the male form in a way that you normally don't see. And mm-hmm. I think that we need more of that for sure. Like I think when we talked about American psycho um, earlier this year, we talked about how important it was that that was written by a woman and directed by a woman, because you've got a movie that's very much about a man who hates women and who hates everybody, but hates women is where a lot of anger is focused. And if you didn't, if you had like Oliver Stone, who wanted to direct it, if you had had Oliver Stone do that movie, it would have been a totally different thing Mm -hmm. than having a woman do it, where you do have these shots, like we talked about, you have a shot in the beginning of Patrick Bateman in the shower, naked, and you see almost everything of Christian Bale in that movie, and the way, you know, the camera pans up his body, he's very much a sexual object in it, and then also the way the murders are filmed, 
and the way you very you just don't see women really hardly ever like unclothed undressed in that movie mm-hmm. um and that's very important when you're showing a movie that is all about a man killing and butchering women it's very important that you don't always have these shown from the male point of view because then it kind of is like the the camera will still be leering at the women when you shouldn't have that. And I want to go quickly just to a couple yes. of things that have been we said for into a lot of stuff, Erin. Thank you for having me on. I know I was like, we'll go and an I, hour. <laughs> I think I do think these having these conversations are important. I no, thank I you for sharing your experience because that's and I believe you. Um, and we, we can, it's not moving on. I think we can make it a better future for us and for future generations by having these conversations Mm -hmm. and to understanding where are we wrong? Where can we better ourselves? Mm -hmm. Not just you and me, but like everybody. And yes, that includes white men. Get over it. Yes. No. And I, I completely agree. That's part of the reason I wanted to do this podcast, um, and that's part of the reason, I mean, it's kind of been a theme this year on the podcast is examining stuff like this. And I want to go to this thing that, that Carla said with the real cancel culture is among the people in power. Very true. Kevin Spacey mm-hmm. still pretty much in a penalty box. Mira Sorvino, Patricia Arquette and Ashley Judd were all canceled by Weinstein for and, years. Yeah. And, and that's good and on Peter not- Jackson for pointing it out too. He's like, Oh, that explains our meeting. I got to say something about, and he he shared that how he would can uh, what's it say Harvey would cancel other people, and that had repercussions. But this not so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, as Bailey said, you can't be a feminist if you don't support sex workers. Amen. Mm. I completely agree with that, and that's a lot of what we will be talking about. And there, there are other. Yeah, that's it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very adult, everybody. It's not going to be a live stream because it is going to be so extremely adult. Yeah. I don't know how not. Uh, Did NSF you watch the know. 2020 documentary on sex workers on Hulu? Well, it's it's available on Hulu. I don't know if I did. I'll have to look because I it's, have watched a lot of. It's the one with she has uh, she specializes in fetishes. Then there's the lactating sex worker. And then there's the male escort. It's like three or four of them that they follow. And uh, Nicole Byer, who's a comedian, got, she has a podcast. Love uh, The one that also does Nailed It, right? Yes. She's like, why don't you, why don't you date me? Uh, One of her podcasts. And she had the male escort come on to, to talk Mm -hmm. about his work and stuff like that. That's how I found out about it. And I watched it because that's the thing. It's like, we judge people and then we're like, but also, like, don't lie. You watch. And, and porn is different. Like, I joke, my mom and my porn is uh, the Manchurian Candidate remake because Denzel, for her, always, like, in a suit. Like, he's a soldier. And then Liev Schreiber. That's right, Benjamin. I you love Liev Schreiber. Oh, my God. I love Liev Schreiber. Oh, my God. When Denzel gets to bite Liev, I was like, gosh, you're so lucky. Oh, <laughs> so they're both very sexy. That's and that's actually a very underrated movie. It I is. rewatched it not too long ago because we talked about Denzel Washington on the podcast in February, and 
I watched that again and I was like, you know what? This is actually, a, I, this movie got a lot of crap, but I think it's actually a pretty decent movie. So yeah, go out there so. that one and support so, that and one. That was well, my actually, joke is like, that's our porn. Also, I really like Meryl Streep's pearl diamond ring. It, I just, I have it on my Pinterest board. I like screenshot it. I was like, it's great. These are the things we noticed. Okay. <laughs> well, um, I'm, we're going to go ahead actually and go ahead and wrap up. Yes, um, I want to thank <laughs> I think this was a very good conversation and I really appreciate um, you being open and especially I Thank think you. our debate and our conversation about other things and our talking about what it led to, which was not what I expected it to I be. I did not expect that either. <laughs> which I think was really good though. I think it was a really good conversation. Yeah. So I really appreciate, I appreciate you being on time. and I appreciate you listening and sharing and Thank you so much. And thank you to Bailey and Carla for all your feedback and words. And I know I didn't get to everything you were saying on there, but thank you very much. I appreciate it. And then Bailey, go back and get a bingo card. And you can also, because our goal is to, what do I do? I have two. You get it. You get it. You get, you get something. I'll get your information later. And Bailey, I haven't sent your stickers yet because I'm waiting for you to get enough that you can wallpaper your whole entire bathroom with it's a fandom thing stickers and also we have an amazing one coming out soon for halloween it'll be available starting september 1st hopefully and hopefully i will be premiering that design soon i've got to talk to aaron the other aaron um designed it and it's incredible and i know you're not a horror person bailey but i believe you're going to still try and compete in our horror trivia thing if i'm correct No, it's like, it's so cool. It is so awesome. I can't wait for people to see it. So I might just wait and send one of those because it's just, it's, it's so cool. Um, But anyway, but thank you so much. I really appreciate it. But before we close out, I do want to give you a chance just to tell everybody where they can find you and let me put up your podcast um, where that can be found again. And that started because I just thought we don't really hear much about the women's like Lydia Zemanoff, um, her father invented Esperanto, but no one really knows about her. So I want Hazel Scott. She was married to Adam Powell Jr., the civil rights activist, but no one ever talks about, or like they think the first black American was this male and it's actually her. And I just thought that was, it's nice to give their voices out. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. And then anywhere else, anything else you want to promote or anywhere that they can find you or where can people find you on social media? And stuff? Um, I'm usually Tara underscore Jabari on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and there's a Who Was She podcast, Instagram, Facebook page, and Pinterest. Uh, and yeah, please let me know. Should I take certain things down? Because it's cultural appropriation I was not aware of. Um, and I thank you so much for this time. I learned a lot. I appreciate your patience with me. Well, I I appreciate you. I really do appreciate you uh, listening and learning and I learned stuff too. And I I mean, that's the way we grow as people is by actually listening to each other and um, learning and growing. And we're all learning and growing, I think. And I think Um, that's the best thing we can do is try and listen to each other and try to actually do something, not just say we're going to do something, but actually learn and grow from it. And we're all going to stumble and fall. Um, But the big thing is 
having the courage to not courage. I don't want to say courage, but having, um, sorry, my brain is probably dying now. <laughs> knowing to, um, knowing when to try and do better and make yourself better and get back up and keep, keep going. But I just wanted to thank Tara again for being on. Um, and thank you to everyone who, tuned in and watched and thank you so much Bailey and Carla for participating and for giving feedback and comments. And it's always appreciated a lot. This is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E April beauty, the E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, anything like that, if you would like to be a potential interview guest on the show, please feel free to reach out to us at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. And on our next episode, like I said, again, it's going to be a very, very not suitable for work episode, very adult, but we are going to talk about women and our relationship with eroticism and pornography. So once again, I'm going to stress that again, it will be marked explicit, of course, and we will have warnings beforehand because I realize some of the stuff we might be talking about will be might be triggering for people. So please keep that in mind for the next episode. And next week's live stream, Meg is going to be back from the Bedwetter Behead podcast. And she's going to be joined by Paula and me. And we are going to be talking about something very different. Um, it's going to be book adaptations that we think or book like movies that we think or book adaptations that are better than the source material. So like, for instance, I think a river runs through it is better than the story it's based on. So we'll be talking about that. So until next time, remember it's a fandom thing, black lives matter and stop Asian hate. Thank you again for listening to It's a Fandom Thing. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on all your favorite podcast platforms. Our logo was designed by Brooke Belly with cover art by Carla Temis. Additional research was done by Megan Archuleta. Our Instagram and Facebook content producer and creator is Erin Amos. And our producer is Lila Tafola. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe. And remember, keep that fandom spirit alive. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.